0: This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olscher.
1: Welcome to the program. I'm Mary Goulet, and I have Richard Ote in studio with me. We are sitting in, typically with Steve Olscher, but he's out changing the world today. Hey, Richard, how you doing?
2: doing great how about
1: you Mary? All right and we have Wade in the control booth and he's got everything managed. Okay, so as mentioned we are doing reinvention radio for st- without Steve Ulsher. We're here all the time with him but the cat's away.
3: <laughs>
1: Let's play. <laughs> all right today's guest is Atara Mala. Welcome to the program.
3: Hi, good afternoon. so glad to be here. Yay, you're in the best hands ever. How are you? Feeling good and ready to play. (laughs) And where are you located right now? Right now in sunny New York. Oh, Oh, is it sunny right now? Can you imagine? That's why I I mentioned it. It's been pretty disappointing in a long winter. And uh, yes, today I woke up saying it's the reinvention day. So here we are.
1: We touched the world with weather included. Nice. (laughs) Okay, so your website... Is your name Atara A T A R A and then your last name M L M A L A C H, but you pronounce it Mala?
3: Yes, Atara Malach dot com. Nice. That's true.
1: Okay. GPS Guidelines to Parenting Success. So take us back to where you got this idea and what you were doing even right before you came up with this idea.
3: Oh, let's start with what I was doing before because that was pretty dramatic. <laughs> I remember. Um, I'm a mom of uh, six children. They're all grown now. But um, I can say I've been energized and traumatized. And this GPS program became a reality as a result of my desperation. So you want to hear about that desperation? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, we're both, we're both parents too, and I'm only of one, and I feel that way sometimes, so I can't wait to hear how you pulled this off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me tell you. You see, I bought into the myth that there was something called a supermom, which means that you look great, and you have home-cooked, nutritious meals, and you're sitting playing very calmly board games with the children while you're rocking the youngest baby, you know, Norman Rockwell kind of stuff, and there's soup bubbling and then popcorn to be had by old. And you're nice to your mother-in-law and to the gardener. And meanwhile, you're doing a master's in psychology and you're creating five businesses and you're nice to your partner. And are you getting, you know, sort of? Got I, it. I yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, um, I was horrified to find out that that was totally untrue. And as fast as I ran and as early as I got up in the morning and as late as I went to sleep at night and as much as I gave up my own personal needs and and wants and thoughts and space and time and privacy, um, wherever I was, I always felt that I really should be somewhere else. Meaning if I was home taking care of the kids, trying to keep house and home together, you know, that email I should have gotten out that next chapter in the book, I should have written the uh, paper I needed to get in for the professor. And if I was at work with a client or out giving a workshop or flying across the world to give a, you know, a keynote speech, it's uh, the baby's going to give her first smile and I won't see it. And I'm not going to be by the other one's recital or take them to, you know, the game practice or do homework or make sure they brush their teeth more than once a week. So it it, it <laughs> this really, really wasn't working out. And I did what I think most parents try to do. I try to get advice. So I read books and I joined courses. And um, would you believe what that created? It made me feel much worse. Now I became an expert on how terrible I really was. Like there were all kinds of things I didn't even know I should have been doing. And I wasn't. So now I was walking around with massive guilt. And uh, does any of this resonate with any of you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it does. You know, you're torn. I remember that. You know, you're having the kids and then wanting to go do something, come to the studio and do the show, but then trying to race back because you do feel guilty. Like, am I forsaking them, abandoning them for an hour or two?
3: Exactly. And I'm going to share something very personal. I promised myself I'm going to be open and transparent and raw and vulnerable. So another kind of guilt that I felt was that I actually enjoyed being away from my kids and from home. <laughs> like, you know, you get into this like, clean office with a cup of coffee where it had no smudges on it, no little fingerprints. And, and it was, am I allowed to enjoy being here and doing this? If I would be a really good mom, wouldn't I enjoy being with them more or think to myself, you know, if I had a client that canceled, shouldn't I just rush home and bake chocolate chip cookies with them or take them to the park? And if I would rather get some work done or or even give myself some time, I I really felt guilty about that, too.
1: Wow. So how many years, when did this kick in? I mean, because you have six.
3: (laughs) Um, Well... As you can, uh, I'm an oldest, and my daughter is an oldest granddaughter. So there was a lot, a lot of expectations, and, you know, the spotlight was trained on us. So, and I'm a type A personality and a perfectionist. So if you put that all in a blunder, you get a very unsmooth smoothie. Um, <laughs> I felt guilty, you know, from the first minute. Was I good enough? Was was the, 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 Did I feed her enough? Did she sleep enough? Did she get enough fresh air? I mean, it started from way, way at the beginning. And as my family got larger, you know, started with the siblings things? Am I giving everyone, you know, attention? Um, Am I there for, you know, you have a child who's an introvert, a child who's an extrovert, a child who needs extra tutoring, a child who needs more sports. And as that was happening, I was creating my business and, you know, doing my post-grad and actually where it all came to, and, and I'm so glad when I look back that this really happened, was when I I can share with you. It's actually um, in my book. My book, um, Working Mothers GPS uh, is coming out actually next Thursday. Nice. (laughs) And yes. And um, I share with my readers there how this happened. Um, I was invited to give a keynote speech for a group of um, working women wouldn't you know, on how to be a better mother. <laughs> and uh, I really thought I had everything down pat, you know. Uh, well, the problem wasn't the the speech. I I practiced that and had that and enjoy that and love doing that. But I'm talking about on the home front. Like everyone had had dinner and homework was done and the babysitter was there and everything was fine except for one thing, that my youngest, who was then four, sat himself down in front of the front door with his back to the door, his knees up under his chin, and he refused to let me leave crying, saying, mommy, don't go, don't go, don't go. And yeah, there I was, there I was standing. And here I'm thinking to myself, there are like 800 women waiting for me to get on stage with my stilettos, looking like I have everything down pat. And I feel not only like I'm a hostage in my home, but that I'm a fraud, that this isn't what I signed up for. And this is not what I want to be failing for the rest of my life. And uh the end of that story is that I picked him up lovingly but uh actually <laughs> a little bit uh <laughs> I was proactive and plunked him in his babysitter's hands and I walked out I actually had tears in my eyes the whole way there and I got on stage and I shared it with the mothers and there was like total silence and I saw so much connection it was one of the most powerful evenings I remember and I told myself this is I am not alone in this this resonates with so many other working moms, this mommy guilt. I have to find a better way. And if I don't find a better way, I'm going to create one. That's exactly what I did.
2: You know, even though this is for moms, as I stated earlier, I'm a dad. And I'm just going to let you know, too, you could put in dads, you know, as a subtitle on there. I know you're probably trying to niche down the market and all that, and it's totally fine. But I literally had this experience happen yesterday almost identical I wasn't going to a speech for moms but here I am on my phone went to the park with my daughter told her I'm gonna go you know make a phone call real quick I'm seeing her in the background play with all her friends and then she comes up and she says you know daddy daddy will you play baseball with us they all want to play baseball and we had brought the gear and I'm trying to do a business call, entrepreneur, and the whole reason I went into doing the entrepreneur so I could be with her. with her, <laughs> with <right>? her. <laughs> And then, you know, almost a similar thing happens. You know, I'm trying to say one second, you know, whispering to her, trying to not let him hear on the phone. And, and then I hear the person say, it's okay, go ahead, take a minute. I start talking to her And I say, can I just do it? She, like, same thing. Sits down, starts crying. You said you were coming to play. Like, why? And it just, as you were saying that and telling that story and sharing that you told that story with your audience, it just hit me in that moment hearing you say it again that you still were a super mom. It just doesn't always feel super while you're doing it. You know, we're just, we're human beings and we're going through these things. And they're going to learn these things when they grow up. And so... A lot of it is just really having the openness to say, I'm allowed to make mistakes. Back to your perfectionist comment earlier, <laughs> right? I, I, and and, and that, is that even really a mistake? You know what I mean? So just I just wanted to mostly point out that dads go through this too. And I appreciate your sharing in that transparency because it just really opened up to literally something that happened yesterday with
1: me, similar. Well, and also... As entrepreneurs, as speakers, authors, podcasters, radio hosts, kids don't have a context to put that. They understand probably mom goes to work at 8 in the morning. She's home by 5.30. There's a, there's a box around that because my yep. kids don't – they never got it. They're like, mom – I said, why do you not ask dad for blah, blah, blah? Well, dad has an office with phones. and i was like okay so i just saw my life my world through their eyes and how could they understand it so you know they get upset when we're not paying attention to them in the context of the park
2: yeah or or the home office here i am in the home office and the door is closed and you say oh well this sign says daddy's busy and you know (laughs) but then it it's almost i would go through my mind like why the heck do I even have a home office? Like it's better if I'm just gone and she doesn't think I'm ignoring her. Yeah. But there, if I'm in that room with the door closed, she thinks I'm ignoring her. But if I'm gone, I'm just gone and <laughs> she'll see me later.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: You know, this is so wonderful, um, um, this these comments, because as you're speaking and I'm connecting, I want to think out loud. So if it's okay with you, I would love to just um respond to what you're saying. And, you know, Richard, I was by the uh, New Media Summit. And as I was speaking to people, which was amazing and a life-changing experience. Hello, everybody. If you weren't it there. Is, yes, there. It is, isn't it? And uh, I really felt lucky and blessed. And one of the things that so surprised me was not only that that... Dad said hey atara i know that you're into mommy guilt and and working moms but you know so this touches us and here we have this story from you that just happened yesterday and even more surprising I had people tell me that they're grandparents and they're helping raise their grandchildren and they feel the same thing so I feel first of all I see this in a very positive light that we love children whether you know it's a dad, a mom, a grandparent that we want to be connected to them and want them to understand us and accept us and do stuff with them but then you both brought up the lack of clarity and the fluidity in the business world and like the lack of boundaries today between home and office, also because of our phones and, you know, cyberspace. And that is something that I think needs so much more attention. Actually, I think it's one of my future books. We're going to be speaking about that because, you know, when you speak about juggling work and home, now you juggle, you know, it's bring your kid to work day and then it's we're always working at home days and nights. So that is such an interesting topic. And what both of you made me feel is that I'm on to something good because I actually did not believe that the domain mommyguiltstories.com was available. But it's not available anymore because I I took it. Oh, good for you. <laughs> and I, Yes. And I created a form. Anybody that goes to mommyguiltstories.com can just fill in what they feel guilty about and a story that touched their heart. I already have yours, Richard. I hear yours. And actually what I'm doing is collecting stories from parents all over the world so that my next book can be built on real experiences. And we can cull from that the pain points and try to find something that um, not only will minimize them, but will catapult us into growing and and being happier. And I said, happier, not better. See, I'm learning from you not to be such a perfectionist (laughs) parent.
1: Yeah. Better done than perfect. And was,
3: exactly, yeah. exactly. But I'm really extending an invitation to all of you to go to MommyGuiltStories.com and just share. You could do it anonymously. You can, you know, you can decide what you want to do. But I think it will be a fantastic benefit from all of us that will learn and, you know, learn from others.
1: So let me ask this just plainly out of curiosity. Your children are aware they're adults, what you're doing now. Do they have any feedback for you? Mom, you're taking this too hard. We really didn't see it that way. Or, oh, yeah, we did.
3: Wow. You know, this is the first time I've been interviewed so many times. Um, This is the first time anyone asked that question. So, Let's go back 10 or 15 years ago, because actually they all of my children have children already. So they're feeling what it feels like. (laughs) They're connecting to me. But um, if you go, you know, when they back some years when they were more, you know, adult and not yet parents, um, they would sometimes try to tell me that from their perspective, they have, you know, much better memories than I did. But the truth is that when, you know, these deep, dark secrets that come out when you're, you know, sharing something to drink, you're sitting and talking and going down memory lane. There were times they really did feel resentful that I was very involved in my career that, uh, you know, one sibling felt that another one took all of my energy and all of my attention. Um, I think that's part of growing up. And as I've grown wiser with my years, I've seen That it's something that I think all children need to experience in order to grow and learn. We have to learn how to share, how to deal with disappointment, how to deal with frustration. And um, one thing that I think should calm most of us as parents, no matter where we are, you know, on the road of our parenting, how old our children are that children really, really are more forgiving at times than we realize, meaning we forgive ourselves less and we're harder on ourselves at times because, you know, you're always going to find somebody writing a memoir and painting her parents as, you know, mommy dearest. But there are most of it. Most of the children, you know, remember good times and are more forgiving than we forgive ourselves. And it's important to keep in mind.
1: Being a mom is the best thing that I ever did, and it's also – it stretches you as a person, and we make mistakes. We don't have clear judgment all the time, and we get distracted. And we also – one thing that I don't know if you mentioned in the very beginning, we have our own interpersonal relationships with friends, family, like you mentioned the mother-in-law, your partner in life plus trying to develop yourself out into the world. So we're growing as they're growing, but we're supposed to be the leader.
3: Exactly. And, you know, um, I, I, I really connect to that. And going back to, you know, the story yesterday that you went through, Richard, I feel that it's not only, you know, that children don't understand or like you said, they don't understand why they should go to the father if they could go to you because, you know, he has an office with phones. But there's there's even something more somehow when children are younger, they think that as parents, we can do everything. So sure, you're going on a business trip and you just came back and you didn't sleep and, you know, you took care of dinner and and the washing machine flooded or whatever. But hey, mom, hey, dad, you could do anything. And this kind of expectation, you know, might be wonderful. I don't think we have fans as wonderful as children until they get realistic, become realistic and grow up. But that also is a lot of pressure because we sort of fall into that. And yeah, sure, honey, I'll be there. I could do that. And the truth is. We either can't or sometimes we shouldn't.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you word it like that because sh- it's it's almost like we're gods to them. We are superheroes to them. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it appears like we really can do everything, right? We bring home, you know, we we all the things that get done, they see us do it all the time. That's probably why it's that never-ending balancing act of, where do we stop doing things for them and have them start doing things for themselves? Cause we're not raising kids. We're raising future adults, but we want them to be kids along the way. Right. So okay. It's a- so
1: <laughs> let me bounce this off you too, because this just happened yesterday. My daughter, she's 17, really independent, smart kid. And then my other, my 19 year old, I was doing something with my 19 year old. Um, And Portia, my 17-year-old, said, Mom, can you take this? It was a heavy object. Can you help, you know, put it in my car? And I automatically said yes. And Sterling asked, Portia, why are you asking Mom to do that? You can do that. Well, because Mom likes to do things for me. It makes her happy. So what do I do with that? Because there is truth to that. I like doing things for both my girls. So where do I start and stop on that?
3: Wow. First of all, can I I, I'm, I'm just jumping in, Richard, sorry, but you did some great job raising. Look, 17 is still considered officially and technically and legally a teenager. Yes. And if she says without a blink of an eye, mom is so happy or loves doing stuff for me. Uh, you've accomplished something that, okay, then you can ask yourself where to stop. But I'm going to let Richard jump in and then I'm going to share a little bit of my GPS program Good. and um, share with you how this is something that is so empowering for parents.
2: Uh, so which which piece? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, uh, so you mean the empowering piece about how they look at us? or Because I, I was starting to make a statement on that. So I, got, I get a little confused on what you're asking.
3: No, I, it was really Mary that was asking. Where do we stop or start? Oh, got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so your oh, Portia's very gotcha. capable.
2: She's oh. super capable. No, I like I like that. what she did. She okay. just turned the tides on us. She's the host, and she's asking me to answer your <laughs> question for her. Nice, Atara. <laughs> ah, I okay. see what you're doing here. Um, I I would say it's a bit of um. Was that just automatic? Or did you re- do you really like doing that? Like, I'm I'm totally- because I know you I know like I, again I'm and I'm fleshing this out because I wasn't expecting
1: to answer the question fleshing <laughs> this out, so, but um, she knows. I mean, both my kids. I will cater to them. I absolutely do. So so here's
2: here's the interesting part, and thank you for putting it back on me to answer because I think sometimes. We start out with rules and laws and government and different things in schools with good uh, good intent mm-hmm. and things. So we set up schools. But then when you really look deeper into what our original schools were set up during the industrial age, it was really just get kids to sit down, shut up and follow the rules and – and then as you go through school and you start to see different things in different kids, some kids are re- really good at rote memory and they know things certain ways. And maybe she's an entrepreneur in the making. Maybe she's good at delegating. Oh, maybe, you, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? Like it just yes. depends on how you look at the situation, right? <laughs> we we tell them, um, you know, do it all for yourself, but if you did it all yourself, all yourself only, how good of an entrepreneur would you end up being if that's all you did your whole life, right? And so uh, I like that you turn this around. I don't know that I have the exact answer of where that line is other than I'd say, how do you feel when when that happened? If you truly enjoyed doing it and it didn't bother you, then all good. And acknowledge and wink at her or whatever. We're like, I got you this time, you know. Or, you know, I, Yeah. But, it's, I think it's a playful banter. She's an yes. adult in the making, and uh, I think as long as you really do feel good, then well, awesome. Well, okay, so th-
1: this just came to mind. I did say to her, did you finish cleaning your room?
3: <laughs> she <laughs> said, I'm almost done. I'm like, okay, there we go. They never finish cleaning their rooms. No, I'm just telling you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. They just move it to a place that it's not readily well, exactly. seen. By the exactly. the hallway.
3: <laughs> okay, so tell us about the GPS
1: program. I want to get some tips and Hints and we're never too late to learn more.
3: Okay, so I'll tell you, I connect very much with what you both said because um, you're asking yourself, and you know, something very regular, it's not just that you we want clarity when there's a crisis. Sometimes it's just a regular interaction and your older daughter, like, Asked the question that made you think and you Richard were saying you know it really depends we shouldn't live by rules and regulations because then that's not real and then we have to sort of squish our children and our parenting and fit sometimes you know something square into something round and that is why I created GPS because these are things values that I live by what I found was missing in most of the other parenting books and um, I have a screenshot by the way I have an online program Um, That can be um, registered for on my website. And one of the slides has a screenshot, an actual screenshot from my laptop where I put in parenting books into Amazon. And I kid you not, 200,000 books came up. And I suppose on any given day, that number would change. But that's what came out. And I just snapped it and I'm using it. And what was missing with all the programs were a few things that I felt I wanted to change. One of them was exactly what we're talking about now. Like, don't do something that your child could do for themselves, right? Or um, always give your child extra love so that they can feel that they're your number one, no matter how busy you are. But that leaves a parent wondering. And that doesn't give make room or leave flexibility at all. So what I did was I created a program built on and based on the three colors of the traffic light, the red, the green, and the yellow. And I did that for a few reasons. One of them is that it Working parents, working moms have no extra time. We can't start learning a new parenting language. And I knew that anybody that was old enough to either cross the street, you don't have to just get your driver's license to know, knows that you stop on red, you go on green, and you're careful and you look around to decide what you're going to do on yellow. Not only that, but as working parents, we need a lot of help from those around us to raise our children, their nannies and neighbors and, you know, friends and partners and older siblings and tutors and grandparents. And, you know, and if everybody understands the green love go, red authority, no, and yellow trust slow, we're going to be that much ahead. So that's the first thing I did. And if we want to even take the example you gave, because I could connect to that. So here I'll give you an example. Everything in green is about love, routines, encouragement and creativity and parenting. Everything in red is about boundaries and knowing how and when and where to say no, dealing with conflict and um, learning how to minimize meltdowns. And everything about yellow is about responsibility, making decisions, preparing for changes in life and self-care. So if you were in a situation like this, I would ask you, Mary, what is your goal? If your goal is to create a more loving relationship with this daughter, let's say you've been distracted a lot and, she, you know, you feel that you want to make her more loved, then you might decide to, you know, take whatever it was to the car that she asked you to do it because now you're working with a goal of doing green. If your goal was to create boundaries and she thinks that every responsibility of hers or every problem of hers is yours, then it definitely would be a no and you would know how to say no through the skills in red. And if it was something in yellow where you thought that she's already 17 and you want to teach her a little bit more about taking responsibility for herself or making decisions or preparing for changes, like why did you decide to take the whole box out at once if it's too heavy, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you could have divided it, then that would be a yellow and you would have skills for there. But what we gain by that is you choose, you're clear, and you don't feel guilty because you are accomplishing your goal with every interaction with your child. What do you think about
1: that? I think that's very clever. Yeah,
2: I, I like it too, and it it also it also makes me think of something I've been saying lately: where how do you build boundaries without building walls? Right, and that leaves you that kind of play room wiggle room of we understand we do need boundaries everyone i mean and to some degree uh, we won't stay there for more than a sentence or two but to some degree the same thing's going on with our borders in america we need we we do need some sort of boundary we do need some sort of hey everyone can't just freely go back and forth but We also are coexisting. There's a lot of things. I mean, like if it got shut down altogether, blah, 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 like a lot of businesses get affected over here. So it's never this kind of never ending. How do we put up boundaries to protect our spaces without building walls that now we communication shuts down?
3: Hmm. Exactly.
1: Well, and also that I think red implies respect. For sure, you know, and I think Portia respects me, so I didn't feel like I would have, I didn't need to go into red for that particular instant because I reward her by, she's a good kid, so I'm like, sure, I'll help you with that, or sure, I'll do that for you, and then make sure you clean your room. Uh-huh. You know, so, so I-, I don't know, I'm that one doesn't concern me, but I, it really is a good example for you sharing. The stoplight. Because now exactly. I, get, I get what you mean by it.
3: Hmm. We, we could do that with any example, you know, like even with Richard with his daughter. So if at that moment you would feel, Richard, you know, even with the client on the phone, that you wanted to teach her a boundary, then it most probably would find a way to say no. Like one of the things I do in red is to say, I can't, but I can. Uh, honey, I can't speak to you right now but I can take you out for ice cream or whatever the thing, oh, something healthy, I forgot we're sugarless and gluten-free and well, whatever. Um, as soon as the <laughs> call, yeah, as soon as the, you know, what, look what they did to the you know, simple pleasures in our lives. Uh, you know, as soon as the call is over or something like that. So, you know, the wonder of it, or if we wanted to teach her independence, we would say, I need to be on this call for 10 minutes. Think of two things that you could do that, you know, me and mommy would say yes to or whatever we would allow. And uh, then when I'm off the call, when I am finished the call, you'll tell me about it. So depending what our goal is, we know which bucket, which color bucket to dip into to get the skills and the techniques and the strategies. And what I love about it is that then when we're clear and we know why we're doing what we're doing and how to do it, there's just this feeling of empowerment as a, as a parent and so much less guilt. And... Um, that's why well, I'm sharing this with the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I already
2: feel better about it yesterday. And it's funny because I actually think good came out of it from the client too. Because the way I handled it was because um, she was, you know, the client could obviously, hey, go, go ahead, take a second. And they could hear. And then the client, I thought I had hit mute, but I didn't hit mute.
3: <gasps> oh. and,
2: and so then the client hears me say to her, okay, kiddo. The reason we're coming to play or the reason we brought all this stuff is because you want to learn how to do this on and you want to help learn how to build teams and stuff. Why don't you take all this stuff, give me five minutes to, for the call, and we'll we'll even stay here 10 minutes longer. I appreciate your patience, and I want to play with you, right? I'm even getting a little joke thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it worked and she went and she played and everything was good and and then I went to go unmute the phone. And you're like, "Oh, damn." And I'm like, "Oh, jeez, I heard it." And they're like, "That was one of the coolest responses I've ever heard." Right? And it was like it actually had a deeper connection. We didn't talk for a lot longer about it, but I really think it came through and the client saw me even on a whole nother level, too.
1: But you are so consistently awesome when you <laughs> you do that stuff. I mean I've heard story after story about even eating vegetables and it's – he's really good. So I don't
2: –
3: Oh, no, no. This I need – hold on, hold on. I can't. This I need all the way to New York. Eating vegetables. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I reverse – I just look at it like who, who – not just children – what human being likes when something's taken from them right like who who likes that nobody likes that it's it you know if you're taking my television away and telling me to go to bed it's like you're you're basically teaching them deprivation you know like this so i'm i always one of her character strengths is humor she's a lot like me we really like laughing a lot and so um I always will joke with her when it comes to this kind of stuff, and so, for instance, I think what Mary's talking about, the broccoli. I, yeah, with the broccoli. One of the things, <laughs> one of the things I did is I like, I came by and I stole a piece of broccoli off of her plate and I ate it and I, and I walked away and I was like, ha ha ha
3: ha,
2: like like the evil villain voice or something, <laughs> and uh, and then she's she just looks at me really strange and then I came back by again and I took, you know, and I'm I'm taking the smaller pieces so I still leave broccoli on her plate but nonetheless I'm taking it from her again and I ha, ha, ha. and then uh, she she looks at me she says, like, what are you doing and I said we I said we're going out and playing after this and I got to be able to keep up you know you got all this energy all this stuff I said I said I'm already I'm already older I'm taller and I got longer legs and if I get, can get broccoli on you you don't stand a chance <laughs> you know and she <laughs> nixie you know she looks at me like what and then she starts slamming the broccoli down <laughs> as fast as she could but it was it, okay. you know it's not it it's it's in a playful context right and so as it went on and i start teaching her about all the stuff it's kind of one of those things where not always something that just only tastes good is always good for you right think flash forward and like or feels good in the moment is right. always good for you And so, you know, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's probably what Mary's talking about. One of those.
1: Yeah. But you just have this Jedi way of explaining things to her and even adults. So, all right. Going back to your program, because um, if people want to find out how to get involved, they go to your website, A-T-A-R-A-M-A-L-A-C-H dot com.
3: Right. And then I have a lot of... uh, Buttons that you can push, I can help you work together, et cetera, et cetera. They learn about me. They also get a free gift. I actually uh, prepared even for our audience uh, uh, something even more than what anybody, just anybody would get on my website. And that is if they go to my website at haramalach.com forward slash podcast bonus, they're going to get something even more special. (laughs) <laughs> nice. But there they can choose. They have choices where it's private coaching or online programs or group coaching. And, you know, they can find out about that there. They also get um, the whole first chapter of my book that's coming out as a sneak peek. They just have to choose that and they'll get that straight to their inbox if that interests them.
1: Very nice. I have another question for you. So now that your kids are grown and most of them have kids of their own. Yes. Do you find them... Uh, in need of this GPS program?
3: Okay, so actually, I am in need of it more than they are because I learn from what they're telling me, meaning now that they're raising their children in a new generation right like we said before where there are less boundaries between home and work where there, you know uh, cyberspace is so much more of an influence on our children where everything is instant i mean the whole in these 20 years things have really changed drastically even though kids always need their parents and that hasn't changed um i find that with more distracted lives and with less time for themselves and with work actually coming into the boundaries of home life, they needed even more, even more. And that's why, can I connect to the broccoli story for a second? Sure, sure. sure. (laughs) Okay. That is why another component of GPS is the fact that every single one of these different colored skills can be applied and implemented in the workplace For two reasons. One of them is that many times, as we said, and then I'll get to the broccoli um, uh, idea that just it it just was an epiphany as you were speaking, um, is that many times our home is our workplace, whether you have a home office or like you said, you're on the phone when she wants to play baseball with you. So that's one thing. And the second thing is, as I said, we don't have time and we're torn. You said it. You really 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 expressed it so honestly. So I felt that if we can practice the same exact skills in both places, we will feel less torn because if you're using the red, green and yellow in the boardroom or, you know, with your staff or with your clients or with your accounts and then you go home and you're a pro because you practice already and it just like is an integral part of your interactions with your children or the opposite. You spent a long vacation with your children and you come back to work and (laughs) you are so experienced knowing how to handle any situation in any color. We just feel more whole, complete and energized. And what I was thinking with the broccoli is, do you know that what you did with her by that very charming and effective way of getting her to down her broccoli was actually something from business, which is scarcity and urgency,
2: Oh yeah. That's funny. I didn't I didn't think of it that way, but that that is cool Oh, I'm
3: gonna you you know, I am now adopting this and I'm gonna call this the broccoli solution. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. And this is, well, all credit is, you know, copyrighted by you. And this is how do you use scarcity and urgency, both at, you know, in the business world, in your career and at home to be able to motivate and gain cooperation from those around you. See how my mind works? Like we could use this as a color and actually broccoli is green. And in the green, we have creativity and this is a creative way of parenting. So it's perfect down to the color.
2: Oh, I love it. Thanks for the input. That's good.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So this works
1: obviously for parents of young kids or do you, is it just keeps going no matter how old the child is?
3: Okay. So my pet peeve with many of the books. So I said one of them was that I felt worse as a parent. The second thing is that the skills could not be interchangeable at work and at home. Like if they say, tell your kid to sit time out or lock them in the bathroom, that is not going to help. I hope you won't use that um, at work. So that wasn't helpful. And the third thing that bothered me was once I finally got a skill and I felt that I really understood it and was able to apply it, the kid either grew up or changed, you know, a grade older or was in another stage, you know, from the terrible twos to the fascinating fours to the, you know, rambunctious uh, eights. And, and I kept on. So I decided I need to find a system that does not have to be changed, not at work, not at home, and not when they go from two to 12 to 20. Right. You're going to be the one that modifies how you want to use it, what you want to do. And because I'm a coffee lover, I always give the example of, you know, you have full control how much hot water you want in your coffee, how much creamer, if you use sugar and if yes, how much. And how dark, how much coffee you want to use, right? That is up to you. You have the ingredients. You have the water and the creamer and the sweetener and the coffee. But you're the one that knows exactly what kind of cup of coffee you want then. Or if you want iced coffee. That is how I want my parenting program. We love our kids. We want the best for them. We enjoy our careers. And we should feel less guilty investing and enjoying our careers. So what I wanted was... A system, And I didn't find it, like I said, until I just created it out of desperation, that would say yes and answer yes to all of these components and my whole wish list. And I, I love sharing it. I love the responses from moms. And my book actually has so many stories, which, of course, you know, they're not. I changed the names and I, I camouflaged everything. But these are real life stories from real working moms. And even more so in my online program, I have an interview, a phone interview that I put there with a real working mom. And part of my um, realistic way of looking at life is as great as the system is, as the GPS, the GPS means, you know, guidelines for parenting success. And it's a GPS down our parenting road and journey is that there are bumps in the road. I don't want anyone to think that I thought this was so simple and easy as pie. And so that's also something that resonates. And you'll hear real parents with their names, the names of their children, saying how difficult it is and how they use some of the skills and what they need to learn more of. So I'm loving everything I'm doing and connecting to parents and collecting stories. And today I was really blessed with the broccoli solution, among other things. And (laughs) you see, you never know.
1: Thank awesome. you so much, Atara. This was a fabulous interview. Good luck okay. with everything you're doing. And if a listener wants to reach out to you, it's go to AtaraMalach.com.
3: Dot com, exactly. And don't forget your gifts, forward slash, um, pod, special podcast bonus, podcast bonus. And you can all fill in com. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really terrific. awesome conversation. Thank awesome. you.
1: Thanks for coming on. Okay, you've been listening to Reinvention Radio with Mary Goulet and Richard O'Tate.
0: on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting the ReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the ReinventionWorkshop.com. That's the Reinvention Workshop.com.